Now, God, we thank you, Father God, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge of you tonight. We thank you that the eyes of our understanding is being enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of your glory of your inheritance in the saints on tonight. And what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe according to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead. So we thank you that we will be enlightened on tonight, shine a light upon your word, God, that your word become fire and become a hammer, breaking the rocks into pieces and a two-edged sword. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. I've been teaching on a hardened heart, and I want to go back over that briefly, because I really, truly think that some people don't believe that their heart has become hardened. So we're going to talk about it a little bit further, and what I want to talk about is a hardened heart, and then I want to talk about later on what causes a hardened heart, and then I want to talk about the cure for a hardened heart. So the definition of a hardened heart is to be more sensitive to other things than to God, relating to the natural more than the supernatural. Uh, it can be where a person is callous, stubborn, and prideful. That can be part of a hardened heart as well. And one that continually refuses to trust God when tested and to obey God when ordered. That's a hardened heart. Let me read it again. Being more sensitive to other things than to God, relating to the natural more than the supernatural, being callous, stubborn, and prideful, one that continually refuses to trust God when tested and to obey God when ordered. Now, the symptoms of a hardened heart, you find it more difficult to um, feel anything in your spiritual life. Nothing in a worship service moves you. You think you have heard it all before. You find it harder and harder to find time to read the Bible. It seems like a dry book unto you. There is nothing in it for you. You have less of a desire to talk to God. And when you do, you feel like it's, it's only a one-way conversation. So to wrap up all of that is to be cold, insensitive, unyielding, and unfeeling. To be cold, insensitive, unfeeling, and unyielding. So I'm going to start with Mark 6. I want to back up some, and I want to go back through this, because this is defining the hardened heart, first of all. And we're going to look at it in Scripture, because we want to have the scripture to back up what I'm saying. Mark 6, verse 42 to 52. Mark 6, verse 42 to 52, and I'll be reading out the expanded Bible. It said, all the people ate and were satisfied. How many of us can eat and be satisfied? Or how many of us can eat and we're still not satisfied? Because it's not what you want to eat, Right? That's how it would be with the word of God. Sometimes we can get the word of God and some people are satisfied and some people are not. Why? Because it's not what they wanted to hear. It's not what they wanted to digest. So the followers filled 12 baskets with leftover pieces of bread and fish. There were 5,000 men who ate. 
And immediately Jesus told, compelled, made his followers, disciples, to get into the boat and to go ahead of him to Bethsaida across the lake. He stayed there to send the people home. After sending them away, saying goodbye, he went into the hills to pray. That night the boat was in the middle of the lake and Jesus was alone on land. His, he saw his followers, disciples, struggling hard to row the boat because the wind was blowing against them between 3 and 6 o'clock in the morning at about the fourth watch of the night. Jesus came to them walking on the water, and he wanted to walk past them. He intended or was about to walk past the boat. But when they saw him walking on the water, they thought he was a ghost and cried out. They all saw him and were afraid, but quickly, immediately, Jesus spoke to them and said, Have courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he got into the boat with them, and the wind became calm, ceased, stopped. They were greatly amazed. Now, from those verses of scriptures that I read, we see that Jesus fed the 5,000, and it said that they were satisfied. And it talked about, um, it was 5,000 men besides women and children so we know he fed a lot of people with the little that they had so that beside itself was a miracle when you consider that to be a miracle and the disciples they were there and they watch what Jesus done in the midst of you know what was going on so after that Jesus he went to pray and then he came walking on the water when they saw Jesus, they were so afraid because they thought it was a ghost. But Jesus let them know, be not afraid, it is I. So when he came back into the boat, we see that the wind um, stopped and it ceased. And it said they were greatly amazed. Now, these disciples, I'm going to read verse 52 and it's going to sum up to a hardened heart. For they did not understand about the miracles of the five loaves. Because their minds were closed, hearts were hardened, stubborn, and dull. Now, these disciples just witnessed a miracle with feeding the 5,000. Jesus just done that miracle. Jesus told them to get into the boat, you know, go to the other side. Jesus came walking on the water. Jesus said, be not afraid, it is I. He got into the boat, the wind ceased. That's another miracle, right? But why did they not see what was going on? When your heart is hardened, people can do miracles all around you, but you're not going to be able to see it. You're not going to be able to understand it. You're not going to be able to perceive, perceive it because you're looking more at natural than you're looking at the supernatural. Now, you would think after those loaves, after they got fed, those people got fed and they witnessed that miracle and then they took up 12 more baskets you would think that the disciples, when they got out on that water and they saw him and they thought he was a ghost and found out it was Jesus, they would not have been that amazed. See, the more time you spend in the word of God, the less amazed you're going to be about the things of God. We are supernatural beings. That means when something happens supernaturally, your arm growing back, people begin to see, people begin to walk, the lame walking, the blind seeing, the deaf hearing, incurable sickness and diseases being healed. All of these things happening supernaturally. We should not be amazed as believers. There should not be no amazement with us. Why? 
because when we're walking closely with the Lord and we getting to know him, that is not out of the norm. Because we don't walk in the natural, we walk in the supernatural. But you see in so many saints, when they see something happening, they're like, wow, that's amazing. You're in the natural. So anytime that you look at things that way, just like they did, they were greatly amazed. Come on, this man just fed 5,000 with two fish and five loaves of bread. You're his disciples. You're his followers. That should not have amazed you when the storm ceased. The reason why they were so amazed is because, okay, it's one thing we just saw the two fish, five loaves of bread feeding a lot of people. But this is another incident. This is where he's calming the raging sea. And look what Jesus had to do with those disciples. He had to compel them. He had to make them go on that sea. Why did he have to do this? Because Jesus was showing them to trust him and not in the natural. The storm was not brewing right then, but those disciples knew by being fishermen, man, you putting us out here on this sea and you know what happens about this time and we got to go all the way over here, which they say would have taken two hours to get to the other side, but they were in the midst of all this stuff. So it was taking longer. So Jesus knew I'm your savior. I'm your protector. I want you to trust me. So he had to make them go. They did it out of obedience. So they were obedient to him, but yet they still missed. They missed him. How did they miss him? Because they were so sensitive to what was going on in the natural, they could not see the supernatural. So their eyes was off of him, and it was more on what's going on around them. How many of us in this room tonight were just like these disciples in some situations? Maybe your finances. Maybe your marriage. It may be something physically going on in your body. And you become so amazed that there's no more pain. You're like, wow, I don't have no more pain. You shouldn't be so amazed about that. You should be thanking God knowing that you don't have a right to have no more pain. Because he's already healed you. That shouldn't be amazing for you. That should be giving glory to God for what he's already done. Even your bills when it seemed like you're not making enough money to pay the bills that you have. And you know your check is not going to help you with those bills. But because you trust in him, you ain't looking to the natural. You looking supernatural and you saying, God, I thank you for what I have. And I thank you that it's already paid. Yet I don't see it. God, I expect it to be paid. But let's say that it gets paid and you're like, wow. I know that had to be God. Wow. You're amazed. Why would you be amazed? Why would we be so amazed when it comes to the supernatural when we should know God for who he is and for what he's done? I remember each time that God would give me something, um, dealing with this church or other places that we were in, when we were in Little House on the Perry, and I told y'all this before, when God would show me something, I would just step out and do it by faith because I knew it had to be him and not me. And with the little house on the prairie, the, the little foyer, I told my husband, I said, this is going to be a foyer and we're going to have a bathroom in here. So him and Jennifer got together saying, they ain't going to work. 
that ain't going to fit here. I said, oh, yes, it is. It's going to work and it's going to fit because this is what God is saying. So they were still telling me it ain't going to work. It ain't going to fix. I said, well, we're going to get it done. Guess what, y'all? It's a bathroom in there and it's a foyer. And they saw what God did. But God have to have somebody to trust him when it don't look like it's going to work. That's how God works. God works supernaturally, not naturally. He takes what's impossible and he make it possible to those that's going to believe. He's not going to take natural and make it natural. He's going to take natural and put his super on it so people know it didn't come from the natural. It's the supernatural. And that's what's wrong with the church. The church is looking naturally instead of looking supernaturally. And that's why we have so much division in the church. Because if you don't spend that time with God and I or someone else will tell you what's impossible, you will buck against me because you're saying, no, that's not going to work. But if I know what God is saying, I'm going outside of what you think and how you feel. And then you're going to see God move in that area. Just like even dealing with this church. It didn't look like it was possible in the natural for us to get anything. But I know what God said. And I remember Darlene Adams, if she's listening tonight, she's my witness. She was the accountant and she finished all the paperwork and she gave it to me. And she said, I hope you have a friend at that bank. That's what she said. The paperwork didn't look good to her in the natural. And the I, I, only friend I need is Jesus because I know what he said. So... After I got the paperwork from Darlene, I, I won't forget this part of it either. The bank that we were going to, the gentleman told me, he said, if you don't have someone on your board that has A1 credit, don't even bother me with coming up there. So I got off the phone with the gentleman, and I looked at God, and I said, God, if you are not my cosigner, nobody would be. So he told me to gather some more paperwork. So I gathered the paperwork and everything. And then the Lord told me to call the bank we were already dealing with. The bank that we were dealing with, someone told me, that's why I didn't deal with them. I don't care if you've been in ministry for 16 years, this bank won't even give you a van when you apply for it. But God told me, go to this bank. So when I went to the bank, gave them all the paperwork, and the lady said, your paperwork won't be looked at until another week because we're behind that was on a friday i believe or wednesday so the lord told me the next day i think it was a friday i think it was that friday he told me he said i want you to call the bank monday so i called the bank monday she said miss bryant i already told you that the paperwork is behind but she called me before that on a wednesday and asked me who done your paperwork i said oh jesus I done messed up all the paperwork. That's what I was thinking. And I said, um, you know, I told about the accounting. I told I had put, she says, excellent. She said, I never seen this. I'm like, huh? Thank you, Jesus. She said, even stuff we didn't ask for was put in. That was the extra God told me to put in. So then um, I called her Monday to check on it. And she said, Miss Bryant, like I told you, we're behind, but I'll check it for you because the Lord told me to call. So she checked it and she said, Miss Bryant, we done got your paper, your stuff back. And she said, I said, do I need a cosigner? She said, no, ma'am. She said, we're going to give it to you 100%. I didn't go on natural. I went on a supernatural God. 
I went on what God told me to do. So see, a person with a hardened heart is not going to go on supernatural. They're going to go on natural means. This is what the disciples did. They spent time with Jesus. They were learners. They were followers of him. He was showing them the miraculous. But when things would come up, they forgot about what he'd done before. How many of us? When God has done a miracle in your life. And all of a sudden, when something else come up, we forget what he'd done back then. We're looking at what's happening right now. This is what was happening with the disciples. They forgot about that miracle. They got on that water. And the only thing they can think of, we're going to die. We told him we shouldn't have been here anyway. But when he calmed that sea, in verse 52 it said, they did not understand about the miracle of the five loaves. Because their minds were closed, their hearts were hardened, stubborn, and dull. So when your heart is hard, it is insensitive to the things of God. It is more sensitive to the things of the world. We have a lot of hardened-hearted Christians, and they don't even know it. The reason why they don't know it is because they've been in that state of mind for so long, you can't tell them nothing. They become callous. They become stubborn. They become rebellious because they're being more sensitive to what they're hearing naturally instead of listening to what God is saying supernaturally. So you got to listen according to the spirit. You cannot listen according to what's going on around you naturally because you are a spiritual being. You're supposed to be looking to the kingdom of heaven, not the kingdom of the world. You don't do that. When you do that, you're going to wait and see what's going to happen naturally before you depend on what has already happened supernaturally. Now, we're going to go to Mark 8. We talked about this last time. Remember now, their hearts were hardened because they didn't have, um, their hearts was hardened. So Jesus, um, another time, go to Mark 8, 1, 1 through 9. And the reason why I'm bringing this back up, because I want to add a little bit to it. This is still talking about the 5,000. This is talking in the beginning. Um, another time, there was a, a great crowd. This might be the 4,000. Yeah, this is the 4,000. We talked about the 5,000 first. So another time, about this time, there was another crowd with Jesus that had nothing to eat. Now, Jesus called the same followers, y'all, Okay. And said, I feel sorry, have compassion for these people because they have already been with me for three days and they have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will faint, collapse on the way. Some of them live a long way from here. Jesus' followers answered, how can we, anyone, get enough bread in this remote place, desolate place, desert to feed them? These are the same disciples. That witnessed the 5,000 before. You know their heart hard. They just experienced a, a miracle of 5,000 over 5,000. So here Jesus go again. So Jesus going to ask them, get, they, I want to feed them. Their response is, let's hear the response again. Jesus followers answer, how, from where can we, you hear this? We anyone get enough bread in this remote place desolate place desert to feed them now this is what jesus said in verse five how many loaves of bread do you have they answered 
seven. Before, they had five. Now, they got seven. And seven means what? Completion. So they have seven. Jesus told the people to sit down, recline on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves, gave thanks to God, and divided and broke the bread. Now listen at this. He gave thanks, but guess what he did? He did the same thing, but he had more this time. The disciples was with him the time before when he did the same thing with the bread. So Jesus did that. And then he gave the pieces to his followers to give the people, and they did so. The followers also had a few small fish. So I want you to see that. But I want you to see in John, let's go to John 6, the 6th chapter, verse 5 through 9. So we see where it was the 5,000 first. Jesus fed them. The disciples watched. They knew what had went on with the 5,000. Then he turned it around, and he feeding 4,000. So we're seeing how the disciples said, where are we going to get this in this desolate place? Let's look at a, another book, the book of John, to hear what he said concerning this incident. John 6, 5 through 9. It said, when Jesus looked up, raised his eyes, and saw a loud crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, one of the 12 disciples, where can we buy enough bread for all these people to eat? Jesus asked Philip this question to test him because Jesus already knew what he planned, what he was going to do. Now listen what Philip said. Philip's, Philip answered him, someone would have to work almost a year <laughs> to buy enough bread. 200 denaries worth of bread is not enough. A denarius unit of money worth about a day's wages. He said for each person to have only a little piece. Now listen what another follower said. Another one of his followers, disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, Here is a boy with five loaves of barley bread and two little fishes, but that's not enough. What are these for so many people? Come on, y'all. Jesus showed them he had fed the five. Now it was another 4,000 that was getting ready to be fed, but they had more bread. They still saying they didn't have enough. Jesus was testing them. He was testing to say, now I just done a miracle with the 5,000. So he's asking Philip, he said, how are we going to feed these people? He's giving them a chance. Philip was saying, we can't feed these people. Jesus already knew what he was going to do. But he was seeing where Philip was. So Philip was just like the rest. His heart was hardened. So how many of us have seen miracles and then God turn around and ask us a question and then we go back to God and say, well, God, I'm still hurting. How many? All of us. Because we, we, we can't deal with pain. Some of us can tolerate pain better than others. Some of us can tolerate the body screaming without taking anything. Some of us, if the body just dump you, you pop a Tylenol. If it just paints you, you go find something to calm that down. But you ain't got to the root of it. That's what we do. We can always run to different things because we know what these different things will do. And I'm not saying, I'm not putting anybody down in here because all of us have went to something. Amen. The only thing I'm saying is, if God did it then, 
He'll do it now, and he want our hearts not to be so hardened that we can remember to say, God, if you heal me then, you can heal me now. God, if you pay my bills then, you can pay them now. It is no different, so I'm going to give you glory. I'm going to learn to wait on you, God, instead of trying to fix it myself. We can't be like a windshield wiper. One minute we're saying, God can. The next minute we're saying, when, God? Then we're going back, yes, you can. Then we're saying, God, I can't take it no more. God, 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 God. God, our heart is not right because when we're more sensitive to him we're not going to be focused on what's going on with us years ago I told y'all about this God said when I let go of it it'll let go of me I didn't understand I would get up every morning with it and I would talk to God all the time about it in my devotional time. And I would just say, God, I'm speaking the word. I'm doing this, God, and I'm doing that. And God told me, he said, you're babysitting it. I said, hi, am I babysitting it? And I'm putting the word on it. You are more sensitive to it than you are me. Because if you were more sensitive to me, you wouldn't come to me and talk about it. You will be glorifying me knowing that I have already taken care of it. Y'all, that day, I was in the Faith Hall of Fame. God set people around me when I stood up and got to each person. I couldn't even holler, breathe, because the presence of God was in the place. And that day, I'm telling you, it didn't have nothing on me. Why? Because I was more sensitive to God's way than the natural way. You got to be so sensitive to the supernatural that you ain't paying natural no attention. That's when your heart is not hardened. So we learned tonight when we as saints are more amazed at the miracles. We're more amazed at looking at people being healed. Oh God, they're healed. That's a hardened heart. That should not surprise us. We should already know what God has already done. The more time we spend with God, the more sensitive we can be towards the supernatural. The more, the less time we spend with God, the more insensitive we are towards the supernatural. The less time we spend with God, the more insensitive we are towards the natural. So we have to really take time to spend time with him and see what God is saying because we will miss it. Every day somebody is going through something. This is why you have to have your mind set on the things above and not on the things of the earth. We go through in our homes. We go through outside of our homes. We go through in the church. We go through on the jobs. But when we can remember what God has already done and keep our focus on him, we won't be so sensitive to the natural. The more we spend time with something or someone that's where our sensitivity is. That's what we're going to grasp quick. Have you ever watched a movie and you can tell people all about that movie? Don't miss a beat. You even see what you're telling, right? How many has been in this word and really is in this word and don't miss a beat? Some of us read it and forget it. We can't even tell people what we read and what book we was in. Let me see. What book was that? What book was that? I just read it. Have you ever been there? Just that quick, you forgot. But go read something on the news. You can tell people. 
the statistics of the COVID-19. You can tell them everything about that. But when you go into the word, you can't even remember what verse you was on. You can't even picture the word while you're reading it. But telling about a TV show or everything that happened, you can make it so real. Let me tell you how I make shows real to me. Because I see God's way and not theirs. I see where God is coming from in it so I can tell it the way it need to be told because I'm looking at it differently. I'm not looking at it naturally. I'm looking at it spiritually. But if we watch stuff all the time, y'all, we are going to be more sensitive to that than we are to the things of God. And that's true. So the more time you spend with the tube, the more you're going to get from the tube. And that's what you're going to be thinking about most of the time. So this is what was happening with the disciples. Let's go to Mark 8, 14 through 21. Let's read that. Mark eight fourteen through 21. And this is King James. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. And we did this last week. And he charged them saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. Herod. Now y'all know what we talked about leaven. Leaven is like yeast. It makes the bread rise. And they had to leave Egypt quickly. And they didn't have time to put yeast in their bread. So there was unleavened bread. So God told them for their feast they would do unleavened bread. Because that unleavened would state purity. The leaven stated sin. So anytime they had leavened bread they were out of the will of God. So this is what that leaven was. But here he was talking about the teaching, the doctoring. But their mind was on the bread. And then, and they reason amongst themselves saying, it is because we have no bread. See where their mindset was? Their hearts was hardened. They were thinking one way, but they weren't thinking spiritually. They were thinking naturally. That's just how it is in here. If I'm teaching you or someone else is teaching you and your mind is more in the natural, you're not going to pick up um, spiritually because you're going to be over here thinking naturally and they are in the spirit. So what you have to do is you have to take that word for yourself and you have to meditate on that word and ask the Holy Spirit to shine a light upon that word, give you some illumination because that's what divides the church. If someone is giving you revelation and you over here acting out naturally you're gonna miss what God is saying you can be sitting here all of us are sitting here tonight and I guarantee you if some people in here still it hasn't clicked because you're still looking at it naturally when you open up your heart and sometimes we can't open up our heart because our hearts have become cold they have become unyielding they have become insensitive to the things of God. So everybody can get the same teaching, but everybody ain't getting the same thing. It's according to where you are. So he was saying it's because we have no bread. And when Jesus knew it, he said unto them, why reason ye because ye have no bread? So see, when we reason, when we um, take the time to examine, to roll things over in our mind, to calculate we can miss what God is saying because we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to help us. So when you go into the word of God, you can't try to come up with your own opinion once you read. 
You have to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me. I can read this Holy Spirit, but the only way I can understand it and get some enlightenment from it is with your help. Because a scripture can say one thing, when you're reading it, it can say one thing, but when the Holy Spirit split it open, it's another thing. Because you got to know where the um, where they were, the settings of it. You got to read the whole text, or you got to go back to catch up to where you are before you just say, I believe this is what he's saying. And it might not add up. So they were reasoning amongst themselves. And Jesus said, why are you reasoning? He said, because you have no bread. And this is what happens with a hardened heart. When your heart is hardened, you will reason. You won't be able to perceive, understand. And he said, perceive ye not. Yet neither understand, have your hearts hardened? Jesus knew. You ain't seeing nothing right. You ain't hearing nothing right. You ain't understanding anything right. He said, so I know your hearts have become hard, hardened. He said, listen at this in 18. Having eyes to see, you see not. He knew that they should have been able to see it. He said, because I have already given you what you need to see it. And having ears to hear, you hear not. And do you yet not remember? See, when your heart is hard, you can't remember. You can't remember what the scripture is saying because your heart is so cold, it's so unyielding, it's insensitive to the things of God. He said, now he's reminding them, when I break the five loaves among 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? Listen what they said. They said 12. Now listen at this. And when the seven among 4,000, how many baskets full of fragments took you up? And they say seven. They remember it was 12 baskets. They remembered it was seven. That was some knowledge, but that was natural. Listen what Jesus said. And he said unto them, how is it that you do not understand? They told him, you had 12 baskets, you have seven. Jesus knew he was letting them know the reason why you don't understand is because your hearts have hardened. This is why the church is fighting with one another. It's hardened hearts. And when your heart is so hard, even though someone is giving you the word of God, you are not taking it in because your heart is hard. It's callous. It's unyielding. You don't want to submit. You don't want to hear what nobody say because you think you know. During this pandemic, People think they know and they, the truth is just bouncing off, even off the saints. Because they think they already got it figured out. So this is why the more time we spend with God, the more we can hear God and things that happen supernaturally, we're not just, wow, that's amazing. Oh, that's God. And it shouldn't be. I remember in this church when God had shown me the whole layout. Before we even switched anything around, he showed me the colors. He showed me everything. So when everything got finished, people were saying, you're not excited? Mm -mm." Because I already saw it. I already knew what God was doing because he took me through the process. So it was not like I was like, wow. No. And it shouldn't be like that. Because when you're spending time with God and God is already showing you, yes, you're happy about it. But you're not making a big look at God. Because you should know that's just God. Like the song that was played in the play, Just Like God. Is that it, Athea? 
So we should know him to the extent of knowing that's just like God. And it should not amaze us as saints. So the more time you spend with him, the softer your heart is going to get for the things of God. Y'all, we have so much going on with saints when it comes to really getting into this word. And you're trying to tell them what the word is saying. They're saying, use common sense. No, I don't go on common sense. Mm -mm. I got supernatural sense. And it's not based on natural. See, that's why the Christians are fighting against one another when it comes to taking shots. (laughs) Because, see, if a person chooses to do this or a person chooses not to do it, we shouldn't be against each other. It's just what you're more sensitive to. It's just where you've been with him. And if that's what you choose to do, then that's what you do. But don't make somebody else think that they're doing wrong because you did it. Don't make nobody think that you're saving their life and they're saving your, you know. Don't, don't do that. Just go on what you believe. The more time you spend with God, the more time you're going to be away from natural. And you're going to be lifted high with him. He's going to lift you. He's going to put you. We're already there, y'all. We're seated with him. We're above all these things. And if you don't see yourself above all these things, you're going to be right there amongst them scared. And that it shouldn't be like that with us. And we shouldn't get so comfortable with people that we around trusting them more than we trust God. Because you, you trust no man. Just like my husband, I love him. But he's out everywhere, cutting grass, spraying houses, coming back to our house. If I just shut him down at the door and said, look at him. Don't come up in here. You done been too many places. I don't know where you been, man. You can't, can't do all that. You got to make up your mind. That ain't right. So if I'm not doing my husband like that, why do I do other people like that? Because we say we don't know them. They don't know you either. Come on, we can act like we all right. But inside, we're not all right. Outside, look like it's okay and we trust in God. But inside, it'd be like, Steve, don't you come to my house, you hear me? Don't you come to my house. I know you. Don't come to my house, girl. See, this is what I'm saying. So inside, I'm saying that. But on the outside, I'm saying, yeah, girl, just drop it off at the door. I might not be home. And know I'm home. See? So what are we more sensitive to? The more sensitive we are to supernatural, y'all got to understand we're above, not beneath. So the more we get into the word and the word get into us, we can live normal lives without looking over our shoulders to see who behind us. How many go in the grocery store and really shop for real? How many go in there and really shop for real? We go in there and really shop for real, right? How many when you go in the grocery stores, people around you for real? Do you check to see if they got on a mask? Anybody in the grocery store? Or do you be going to get your grocery? Do you have a light that's shining on the packages to see if there's any boogers on them packages or if any snot left on those packages? Or do you pick them boxes up and bring them home? Do you spray them off when you get home? Do you know it's a lot of people touching stuff in grocery stores? You bringing them home with you. 
You're bringing home a Chinese. You're bringing home a Mexican. You're bringing home a white person. You're bringing home a black person. You're bringing home some kids. You bring. You don't know who you're bringing home. But you're bringing them home on your packages. How many go in the store and try on clothes? Hello? Do you send them to the cleaners before you wear them? No. I put the blood of Jesus on it. And I wear it. Are you scared when you put it on? You don't even think about it. But a person come to your house. True. That's with all of us. You know why? Because the light bulbs ain't come on yet. Now since I mentioned these packages, now y'all going to be in the grocery store with gloves on. (laughs) People going to put some gloves on, right? Because even at the gas pumps, they say you better put some gloves on. Do y'all put gloves on the gas pump? People say you need to do it. What am I saying? If we're going to be cautious, that's all of us, with anything or anybody, then we got to be cautious with everything. Now, common sense do tell you, y'all. Now, if the Lord is telling you don't let a person in your house, you don't let them in your house because the Lord is forewarning you. Now, I'm not saying to let any and everybody in your house. I'm just saying that we, sometimes we're overcautious, but not at the things we should be cautious at. In stores, out of stores. Come on, people touch, people sit in chairs. We do spray them to have a calmness, but hey. At the end of the day, we don't know what we're bringing home, do we? Everybody go on their jobs. They have equipment. You go in these bathrooms. You don't know if they clean them or not. Sometimes they ain't clean them. But you go in the bathroom because you got to use it. Is that true? But then we, some Christians get so stuck up about coming in the house of God. But can go everywhere else but can't come in and take a seat and be taught the things of God. Something's wrong with that picture. That tells me that they're what? Hearts are hard. And they don't even know it. They have hardened their hearts towards God. They become unyielding, insensitive, and cold. But everywhere else, they're more sensitive to the grocery stores, the mall, the nail shops, the, the, the salons. Come on. They up in there. But they cannot come take a seat in here. They to birthday parties. Family affairs. Don't don't forget the funeral home. And they sitting close together. They are. But that's okay. But you but the hearts are so hardened towards the church coming in the house of God that they're saying, you don't need to be in the church. Well, what are you doing in the funeral home? Nobody can, that dead body don't even know you there. I got to show my respect. But can't come in the house of God. Hard and hearted. So we need to check our hearts, y'all. We need to see what we're more sensitive to. Whatever you're sensitive to, that's what you're going to be attracted to. We need to get more attracted to the word. We need to stay in the word. And when you stay in the word, you begin to see what the word is saying. That's when your heart is becoming pliable. When you begin to see it 
Instead of just reading it, you can see yourself in it. That's when you know, ooh, he is high and lifted up. Just like Isaiah says, his train did fill the temple. And I know it because you in it. But if we don't take the time, y'all, to get into the word, how you think we can tell somebody something? When you ain't been there yourself, when you ain't explored, when you haven't searched out the land for yourself, that's why those spies that went to search out that land, some of them, it was only two of them out of the 12 that had a good report. The rest of them said, them some giants over there in that land. And you're right. They got some good fruit. <laughs> look at these big clusters. But we look like grasshoppers. They made themselves look like grass. They saw the giant. And they looked at themselves. Said, oh, they done stomped us. Nope. Ain't going to do it. Their hearts was hardened. So let's check our hearts to see where our hearts are. Amen. Do anybody have anything they want to say that they got out of this teaching on tonight? Okay, everybody good? Well, good. I don't want to start calling names. Okay. Do we have any announcements at this time? Okay, then I'll ask Athea to close us out and we will be dismissed.